Thank you for joining us here at Life Church. It's an honor to share God's word with you today. Our prayer is that you will connect with Jesus Christ as you hear his word online. We'd love to have you visit one of our upcoming gatherings. For more information, visit us online at www.liferva.org or contact our church offices and we'll be happy to help you in any way that we can. Let's go now to one of our recent services where you can experience a life-giving message from God's Word. Welcome on this beautiful rainy day. What has been a great Thanksgiving week. It's so good to see everybody today. I hope you've had a great time uh, with family and friends this week, celebrating the season, taking time to think about what you're most thankful for. Welcome to those of you who are watching online uh, as well. I want to say right now at the beginning of the service, be sure you stick around at the end. We're going to be receiving communion uh, today as part of our service. And I'm saying that now so that the people online have an opportunity to prepare. You might want to run to the kitchen and grab some saltines and some grape juice, whatever you can find so you can take part in communion today. I hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving. If you did, say amen. 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 I hope everybody realized and took time to recognize how much we have to be thankful for. Amen. Now, this season, commonly this period of time between Thanksgiving and Christmas, it's a favorite time of the year for so many of us, but it's also an extremely stressful time of year for a lot of other folks. Amen. Uh, Some people are worried about packed schedules, about finances, about gift-giving, about travel. Maybe it's about you're stressed about being with family that you don't see very often because how many of you know that can bring its own unique set of issues, right? Uh, Stress levels just seem to go up significantly between now and Christmas. Uh, Others of you are dealing with uh, more serious types of stress. You're grieving about a lost loved one, and we all know that grief is amplified during the holiday season. Some of you might be dealing with financial pressure or health pressure uh, issues. And, uh, and it just for some reason, those things might not even have anything to do with the holidays, but they just seem to be exasperated during the holiday season. Now, this past week, we celebrated Thanksgiving, and truly, we have so much to be thankful for. Can everybody say amen to that? You know, and... But even though we are thankful, there are a lot of people that are trying their best. They're trying to put their best foot forward and be thankful in the midst of some pretty tough times in their life. Uh, A time when the economy is not so good, when gas prices and food prices are through the roof. Everything in the store just, man, it just costs so much more right now. Some of you are worried about inflation or some of you are worried about your retirement or your savings. I have some good financial advice. Don't look at your retirement statement right now. (laughs) That's about the best advice I can give you because it's scary for a lot of folks right now. Some of you, maybe you're just worried about how am I going to pay rent or how am I going to buy groceries? Well, I want to share a message with you today that I hope will be helpful and encouraging. I want to talk to you today on this subject, being thankful in tough times. Thankful in tough times. How many of you want to be thankful even in tough times? Amen. Let's go to Philippians chapter 4, and we're going to read beginning at verse 4. 
It says, always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will understand God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Now, the Apostle Paul said in verse 4, always be full of joy in the Lord. Now, that sounds great. Amen? But is that really possible? Is it possible to always be joyful no matter what the circumstances? Well, believe it or not, yes, it is. See, now, you might be quick to say, and I would readily admit and acknowledge, it's easy to be joyful when all is well, right? When there are no relationship problems, no money problems, no kid problems, no health problems, no money problems, no, no, no. When life is easy, we feel this certain kind of joy. But see, we think that's joy. Really, that's just happiness. We're just happy because our circumstances are doing better than at other times. But how do you feel when your car breaks down on the side of the road? <laughs> how do you feel when maybe you're dealing with some health problems that you're not used to dealing with? How do you feel when the money may be a little bit tight? How is your joy meter doing right about then? Well, James says in James chapter 1 and verse 3, when troubles of any kind, <coughs> this is my T.D. Jakes towel. He uses it for sweat and I'm using it for coughing today. Amen. The Bible says to consider troubles and opportunity for great joy. Can you believe this? Look at James chapter 1 and verse 3. When troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for what? great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. Now, I don't know about you. Maybe I'm not as spiritual as you are, but I don't necessarily view troubles as an opportunity for great joy. You know, in this verse, this short passage of Philippians 4, 4 through 6, we're going to talk about how can you learn to have great joy and be thankful even in the tough times. These verses give us four keys to surviving and being thankful in tough times. Now, they're very easy to say. They're a whole lot more difficult to apply. So here they are, and, here, and here's what we're going to talk about today. This is how you're thankful in tough times. Are you ready? Number one, don't worry about anything. Number two, pray about everything. Number three, be thankful. And number four, think about the right things. Those are all straight out of your Bible. Are you ready? Let's go. Number one, 
Don't worry about anything. That's what verse 6 says. How many of you would agree that that is easier said than done? Right? No sooner than you say it, no sooner than you think it, you start worrying about something. Because, you know, we're, we're, we're just wired that way. And not only are we wired that way, not only do we have our micro worries, that's what researchers call your day-to-day worries, your day-to-day concerns. But now, because of our access to all things global, we have what they call macro worries. The worries of the world. Stuff that previous generations would not have even thought about because they didn't even know about a lot of what was going on around the world. For example, Croatia and Russia. Is this thing going to escalate into a third world war? The drug wars and sex trafficking that's coming into our country through our open borders right now. Uh, Fentanyl and all the stuff that we're hearing about murder and all the heinous crimes that we hear about from other cities. And it all just kind of adds to our stress. Any bad news that we see on the news or, or on social media outlets, it becomes something else to worry about. We got in the car yesterday, and Robin and I were running some errands, and I had the news on. And it only took me about 30 seconds, and it was bad news after bad news. And I just said, nope, let's go to the Christmas channel. <laughs> Hallelujah, Amen. Sirius XM, I got everyone I could find on there programmed into my radio, amen? And we started listening to some good old Christmas music because there's enough bad news out there, right? You don't even have to try to find stuff to worry about. It's no wonder people are so uptight. All the political drama that never ends. It doesn't matter which party's in in power. It just never stops. It's Donald Trump, or it's Joe Biden, or it's Barack Obama, or it's governors, or it's senators. There's always squabbling and finger-pointing. And frankly, it gets exhausting, doesn't it? It gets tiresome, negative, negative, negative. But what did Paul say? Don't worry about anything. (laughs) Dr. Walter Walter Calvert did a study, and it was funded by the National Science Foundation, And he did a study about worry, and he found some pretty, he concluded some pretty amazing statistics about us as human beings and worry. Are you ready for this? This was a scientific study. 30% of our worries are about events in the past. Other words, already happened. We're still worrying about it. 40% of the things that we worry about will never happen. 12% of our worries are on unfounded health concerns. 10% of our worries are over minor or trivial issues. In his study, he concluded that only 8%, everybody say 8. 8% of our worries are real, legitimate issues. That's less than one out of 10. See, worry cannot change the past. Worry cannot fix the future, but how many will say amen that worry can sure mess up today? Amen. See, you can worry about the past all you want. It's not going to change it. The past is the past. We can't control the future either. And 40% of those things that we worry about, he said, are not going to happen either. So right off the top, what? 70% of our worries are worthless. 
He said 12% of our worries are needless health concerns. It's kind of like the hypochondriac that had written on their tombstone said, I told you I was sick, but you wouldn't listen. <laughs> See, 12% of our worries are needless health concerns. Amen. And then there's 10% of your worries that are insignificant or petty issues. But according to the study, only 8% of our worries are actual legitimate concerns. See, we know that worrying doesn't change anything. It's just stewing without doing. And, and, and by the way, there are no such thing as born worriers, by the way. Worry, they've proven this, is a learned response. We learn it from our parents. We learn it from our peers. We learn it from our life experience. Now, I know some of our personalities are more, more prone to worry. But guess what? The fact that it's a learned response is actually good news. Because if you can learn it, you can also unlearn it. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm trying to give you some hope today, folks. How do you unlearn it? Look what Jesus said in Matthew 6, 34. Don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. You know what he was saying? Don't open your umbrella until it starts raining. Today's troubles are enough. Don't worry about tomorrow. Today is the tomorrow that you worried about yesterday. Don't do that. He said, just live one day at a time. Y'all remember that old song, one day at a time, sweet Jesus. It's all I'm asking from you. It sounds good, but it's not true. <laughs> we don't just ask for one day at a time. We're worried about next week. We're worried about next month. We're already wondering how we're going to buy Christmas presents for the family when everything costs so much. We're worried about how are we going to buy gas? What are we going to do if everything that they say on Fox and CNN comes true? I mean, we're just worried about everything. We're not worried about one day at a time. But Jesus said, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow's going to bring its own drama. Today's trouble is enough for today. Focus on today's issues. It's interesting that when Paul wrote this, you know where he was? He was in prison. Don't worry about anything. I mean, that's great when everything's good. It's pretty cool to write that when you're in prison, in a dungeon. He's saying, don't worry about anything. And see, whenever God tells us to not do something, guess what? He usually has a positive replacement somewhere else in Scripture. For example, God never just says don't without adding a do. So that's going to lead me to the second point. He says, don't worry about anything. Instead, and the scripture said, pray about everything. Amen. Instead of worrying, we ought to pray. That's what the Bible says. In everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. You know, a lot of people say, well, I don't have time to pray. But if we use some of the time that we spent worrying for praying, then we would certainly have at least some time to pray. In fact, amen, if we prayed as much as we worried, we'd have a whole lot less to worry about. Can everybody say amen to that, right? I mean, that makes sense, right? You don't even have to add prayer time to your schedule. Here we go. Here's a good sentence. This is, all, this is your homework from the sermon, right? Just pray whenever you feel worried. Amen. <coughs> <clears throat> just pray whenever you feel worried. 
Lord, what's, oh, no, no, no. Okay. Jesus, thank you. You're going to take care of this. It's in your hands. I trust you. I'm serving you. My steps are ordered by the Lord. You've got this. Amen. Paul said pray about everything. See, not just some things, everything. Did you know one problem that we have as Christians is we just think God only cares about our religious stuff. Right? Well, God, hmm, help me, Lord, to win somebody to the Lord this year. God, help me, Lord, oh, help me, help me to be faithful with my tithes. Oh, Lord, forgive me. I forgot to read my Bible this morning. Lord, help me to pray more. Help me to serve more. Help me to love with the love of Christ more. And guys, all that's really good. But did you know that God also cares about your car payment? Cares about your rent? He cares about your mortgage. And do you know, want to know why he cares about those things? Because you care about those things. Because I care about those things. He cares about that. He does. He is interested when your kids are sick. He's interested if you're having stress in your relationships. He's interested in every detail of your life. I love the way Philip's translation says it. When you pray, tell God every detail of your life. Because, folks, I'm going to tell you right now, God is concerned about the big things and the small things. He's concerned about all of them. Amen. He knows every detail of your life. The Bible says he has even the hairs on your head numbered. And Joe, Eddie, that's not a lot. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. But you know what's amazing, guys? He made every thumbprint unique. Every voice unique, fearfully and wonderfully made. God cares about every detail of your life. And hear me, you might want to write this down. If it's worth worrying about, it's worth praying about. If it's worth worrying about, it's worth praying about. And hear me, there is nothing you cannot pray about. Pray about it, amen. There's nothing insignificant to God. You can pray about anything and everything. I won't, I won't uh, tell the story over again because I don't want to wear you out. I told you not long ago about how my wife prayed specifically for the car that she got. By the way, it's okay to pray for material things. It's okay to pray about stuff that you care about because God cares about those things. Amen? And, and you pray about it. And when you're praying, verse 6 says, tell God what you need. One version says pray with petition. That means repeatedly. That means be specific. That means be detailed, be direct. You know, a lot of times, you know what we do as Christians? We do, and I'm trying to help you today. We pray too vaguely. Oh, God, bless me. Well, man, that's great, but how do you want him to bless you? Go ahead and be specific. I dare you. God, bless me with a higher-paying job. I challenge you right now. Go ahead and say, God, I need a $5 an hour raise and either give it to me on my job or give me a new job next year. I dare you to do it. Lord, I'm tired of renting. I want to buy my own house. Help me to buy my own house. I dare you to pray that prayer. Come on. God, I'm tired of being sick. I'm going to pray healing scriptures over my body. I'm not going to accept this. I'm going to keep on praying. I'm going to keep on fighting until I get better. I dare you to pray it. 
pray about everything. God, my kid is backslidden. I'm going to pray, Lord. I'm going to pray them out of hell and back into heaven. Come on, pray about it. Pray about everything. You know what 1 Peter 5 and 7 says? Give all your worries and cares. Don't miss that part. All the stuff you care about. Give all your worries and cares to God. Why? I love this part. Because he cares for you. Amen. My grandson, Mason, he woke up uh, yesterday morning. Lindsay called me or the morning before. They're homesick. And Lindsay said he wanted to call me and tell me. He said, Papa, I dreamed that you brought a Slurpee to my house today. <laughs> I don't know if he just knows how to work me or what. I dreamed you brought a Slurpee to my house today. Amen. Well, you know what Papa has to do. By the way, Slurpees are one of the only things that the price still hasn't changed. I don't know how they sell a Slurpee for a dollar. Amen. But you know what? When I hear my grandson say something like that, I don't get irritated. What do you mean asking me for a Slurpee? That's all you ever want is a Slurpee. When I, literally, no joke, when I walk into their house now, Ava just looks right at me. She just goes, Slurpee. I'm like, I don't even have any Slurpee. She just says Slurpee. But you know, that doesn't bother me. You know why? I care for them. Now, when you're two and when you're five, Slurpees are what you care about. But when you're 25 or 35 or 45, amen, see, he cares for us. Pray about everything. That's how you survive the tough times. So how to be thankful in tough times? Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. And let's go right to the scripture, number three. Psalms, uh, Philippians 4 and 6. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and what? Thank him for all he has done. We've got to be thankful. You might say, well, isn't that a little bit redundant to say be thankful and how to be thankful? Just be thankful. Philippians 4 and 6 from the New Century Version says it this way. Do not worry about anything, but pray and ask God for everything you need, always giving thanks. Good news translation, always asking him with a thankful heart. Whenever you pray, pray with thanksgiving. Did you know that the healthiest human emotion is not love, it's actually gratitude? It's gratitude. Studies have shown that gratitude actually increases your immunities. It makes you more resistant to stress. It makes you less susceptible to illness. It is the healthiest emotion, the attitude of gratitude. People who are grateful are happy people. People who are ungrateful, they're miserable, and nothing makes them happy. They're never satisfied. It's never good enough. <clears throat> if you can cultivate the attitude of being thankful in everything, it will reduce stress in your life. Amen. Here's another old song some of you remember. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God has done. 
I, see, I think that's good for us to do. Why don't you just go home today and make a list? Count your blessings. Be thankful. See, we like to, we say we're thankful in November. We're thankful Thanksgiving week. We're thankful on Thanksgiving Day. Many of us, many of us have traditions where we talk about things we're thankful for. I think that's awesome. I think Thanksgiving is an amazing holiday because it reminds us to be grateful. But folks, you can count your blessings all year long. Amen. Just stop right now and think with me for a minute. And I can tell you mine right off the top of my head. I'm so thankful for my wife. Amen. And I hope you're thankful that she's your pastor's wife. Amen. 32 years of marriage. Amen. I'm thankful for my wife. I'm thankful for my kids, two daughters. I'm thankful for my grandkids. Amen. They keep me going to 7-Eleven. Amen. I'm thankful for my two son-in-laws. One of them's in the sound booth right now. Wave those hands, Xavier. Amen. I'm thankful. Come on, I'm counting my blessings. I'm thankful for the great staff that I work with here at Life Church. I'm thankful, now I mean this, I love being your pastor. I'm so thankful that I get to be your pastor. It is a humble privilege. I'm thankful for my mom. I'm thankful for my sister. I'm thankful for my two brothers. I'm thankful for my dad who's passed away but taught me how to work hard and appreciate things. I'm also thankful for the material things that God has blessed me with. How about you, amen? I'm thankful that I got a home, a roof over my head, that I got two nice cars to drive. I'm thankful. By the way, it's okay to be thankful for those things. Come on, it's okay to be thankful for those things. I'm thankful for the handful of friends who've stuck with me through ministry and through life. You know, when you're 20, you think you have 40 friends. When you're 50, you're just glad if you got this many that you know are faithful, amen? You learn. I'm thankful for good health. How many of you are thankful for good health today? You might say, well, I got the flu. I've got a cough. I've got sick. No, no, no. Let me take you to the hospital. I can show you some people that are sick, amen? We ought to be thankful for good health today. Amen. So many things to be thankful for. Count those blessings. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Now I want to read that verse again from the New Living Translation. Here's what it says. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Now in both translations, I want you to notice that word in. Be thankful in all circumstances. That's the most important word to keep you from misinterpreting that verse. It does not say give thanks for every circumstance. I want to help some of you right now. That's often the misinterpretation that people hear. Some folks say, well, you should give thanks for everything. That's not what the Bible teaches. It says give thanks in every circumstance. If you have a flat tire... You don't just go, thank God, I just had a $225 unplanned emergency. Glory to God. No, nobody does that. God doesn't expect you to do that. Do you give thanks for the evil that's in this world? No. We don't give thanks for that. If something bad was to happen to a member of my family, I would not be thankful. Can I just be real? Come on, I'm trying to help you right now. But the Bible does say, in every circumstance, give thanks. Not for every circumstance. What's the difference? 
In every circumstance, no matter how bad it is, I can give thanks to God because I know he has a bigger purpose than my problem. Come on. I know he will give me the power and the grace to overcome or to go through whatever it is that I'm facing. Come on. In every circumstance, I will grow through the experience if I will allow, come on, if I will allow that thing to teach me something. I can give thanks in every circumstance because I understand that even out of bad things, God can bring good things. So in every circumstance, even in the middle of the evil that happens in this world, I can be thankful because I know that God is greater than that problem. Amen. As a matter of fact, why don't we just give God some praise and thanksgiving right now? Can you do that right now? Come on, God, I'm thankful today. I'm thankful for every blessing. I'm thankful, God, for everything in my life today. Man, how can you be thankful in a bad situation? You've got to stop focusing on what you've lost, and you've got to look at what you've got left. Don't look at what you lost. Look at what's left. And folks, we've got an awful lot left. You're still alive. You made it to church on Thanksgiving weekend. To God be the glory. Amen. You're watching online. To God be the glory. You have many other things to be grateful for. Look at what you have left. See, a better question probably is, what are we taking for granted? See, because we take for granted all the things we've got left. That's why we don't think about our health, our freedom, our relationships, even our church, in everything Give thanks. See, gratitude is a huge stress reliever because it gets your eyes off of the problem and it puts it on the positive things in your life. Sometimes it's hard for us to thank God while making our requests because we're so focused on our needs. Amen? But you want to always be thankful. Be thankful. What are some of the rewards of gratitude? Number one, gratitude improves our physical health. It does. Doctors say that gratitude is the healthiest human emotion. It improves your brain. It improves your physical health. Proverbs 17 and 22 says, a cheerful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit saps a person's strength. (coughs) If I would have wrote that verse, I would have said, and it also saps the strength of everybody around you. Come on, get happy, somebody. Amen. Get a little thankful, somebody. Get gratitude in your life. Second thing gratitude does, it creates happiness. Now, there's difference in joy and happiness, but the happiest people are those that are the most grateful. Amen? I walked in here this morning. I actually saw it earlier this week, but I walked in here this morning. And just be grateful for even the little things in your life. I walked in and saw these decorations that Jennifer put up, and I got all excited because Christmas decor is up in the house. Amen? And it made me happy. David wrote in Psalm 126 and 3, the Lord has done great things for us, and we are very glad. And did you know gratitude is also the antidote to toxic emotions? Oh, gratitude will defeat those emotions such as worry and depression and anger and fear because you can't be grateful and stay worried at the same time. Paul described the connection between gratitude and the kind of peace that overcomes negative emotions Philippians 4 and 6 is our text, but I want you to notice what the reward is. Verse 6, he said, don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank him for all he has done. And look what verse 7 says. 
then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Be thankful. And then one final point, think about the right things. Philippians 4 and 8. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts. By the way, that's a good sermon for somebody. Just fix your thinking. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about the things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Now, I talked about this verse in detail a few weeks ago when I preached about loving the Lord with all your mind. But if you want to be thankful in tough times and reduce the stress in your life, you got to change the way you think. Whatever we allow to be poured into our brains is what's going to come out. Whatever you feed into your mind, whatever you think about, that's what's going to come out of your life. Amen? Because the way you think, I said this a few weeks ago, determines how you feel, and the way you feel determines how you act. And the root cause of our stress is the way I choose to think. I'm trying to hurry here. We're going to get ready to receive communion here in just a moment. What do you need to think about? Number one, think big. Everybody say think big. Instead of focusing on all the little predicaments in your life, try thinking big. Remember that God is much bigger than all your problems. Amen? Go outside on a clear night. Look at the stars. That ought to make you feel right about God. Amen? If God can make a star that has a volume 10 billion times the volume of our sun, surely he's big enough to take care of my family during a tough season of life. <clears throat> think big. You know what else you need to do? Also, you need to stop and think small. When I'm struggling to find something to be thankful for, think about the small things that he does for you. I can still thank God for the small and simple things. In my life, things like a cup of good cup of coffee in the morning. It ain't much, but it makes me happy. Right? Come on. You need to thank God that you got a job that pays your bills. Oh, see, nobody wants to be there. I don't like my job. Well, guess what? You got a job that allows you to live at a higher level, a standard of living than 80% of the people in the world. Oh, come on. I got to remind you. Come on. The poorest people in America are richer than 80% of the people in the world. Be thankful. You got shoes on your feet. You rode to church in a car or a truck. This is Mechanicsville, amen. Amen. Come on. We're sitting in a warm, comfortable, friendly church building with good people around us. Think about the blessings. And then finally, you need to think eternal. Everybody say eternal. Come on, at the end of your life, are you going to really remember the flat tire? Are you really going to remember that you just had to replace the dishwasher when you wanted to buy Christmas gifts? When it's all said and done, are you going to really remember the petty stuff that's happening in your life? No, you're not. We need to thank God for his eternal gifts to us. Hear me. Friends might move away. Jobs might disappear. 
but nobody can take God's gift of salvation from your life. And one day, hallelujah, we have the hope of heaven and eternal life. I'd like you to stand. Well, you don't have to stand yet. Praise team and musicians, come on up. Our guest services team is going to go around the auditorium now and serve you communion. <coughs> For those of you who don't know, we normally take the Lord's Supper together once every month at this church on our first Wednesday night of prayer. But today, I felt like it would be appropriate on a weekend when we're celebrating Thanksgiving and what we're thankful for that we take communion together. Thank you. Did you know that one of the words of the Lord's Supper in Greek is the word eucharistos, which means I receive with thanksgiving. I love that. What a beautiful way to think of all the Lord has done for us. I receive with thanksgiving. After you receive your communion, if you're able to stand, I'd like you to stand with us. Receiving the blessings of the Lord each and every day truly is something we should be thankful for. The Bible says that communion is for those who have a relationship with Jesus, those who have put their faith in Him and trust in Him as their Savior. And if you haven't done that yet, I would encourage you to make that step here today. Open your heart to the Lord and say, Jesus, please forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. Give me the peace of mind that comes from knowing I'm in the center of your will. So my question to you today is, before we receive communion, is what's got you worried this morning? Is it your health? Is it your finances? Is it maybe your relationships? Is it all the stuff you got to do this next month? Maybe you got marriage problems or kid problems or career problems. I don't know. But if you'll take the steps that I talked about today, don't worry about everything. Pray about everything. Be thankful. Think right, right things. God's peace is going to extend into your life in a way that we can't understand. We're going to get ready to receive communion. And the Bible says that when we take communion, just to take a moment to pray and examine ourselves. And I'd like us to do that right now. Just pray and say, Lord, if there's anything in my life that's not right, I want to submit it to you. I want to give it to you. I want to have my heart and my spirit right as I prepare to recognize your blood and your body and what you did. So why don't we do that? Can we do that? Let's pray together. Father, as we stand in your presence today, <coughs> we humbly ask you, God, to examine our lives, examine our hearts. Forgive us, Lord, of anything that we've done to offend you, anything we've done, God, against your will. God, wash our hearts, wash our minds, wash our spirits clean as we prepare to receive with thanksgiving, as we prepare, God, to recognize what you've done. I thank you for this in Jesus' name. We're now going to prepare to receive our communion. Why don't you peel back the top layer of your communion cup and take out the bread and then go ahead and peel back the second layer of the cup. These cups can be a little challenging at times, so I'm going to give you a minute.
then I want to bring our attention to the scripture. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three. 23. It says, For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and he gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. You may take of the body, the bread. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. You may partake of the cup. Could we pray together now? Jesus, thank you. Thank you. God, give us peace of mind. Lord, help us not to worry about all the things that try to plague us and distract us. But instead, help me to unload my worries on you, Lord. Help me to cast my cares on you because I understand and recognize that you do care for me. Help me, Lord, to, instead of worrying, help me to pray. Help me to pray about everything, the things that worry me. Help me to discuss them with you rather than just worrying about them. Help me to give you every detail of my life, the big things and the small things. Lord, and when I'm praying, help me to also be thankful and grateful and live with an attitude of gratitude. Help me to thank you in every situation and realize that there's always something that I can be thankful for. God, help me to live in a posture of thanksgiving. And Lord, finally, help me to think about the right things. Help me to fill my mind with positive things. Not all the negative garbage that's out in the world, not all the negative stuff that tries to infiltrate my mind, but I ask you, Lord, instead to put your peace in my heart. And God, I pray this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't we give him a praise together, amen? And we're going to worship with our praise team for just a moment, amen? Praise God, praise God. Yes. You made a way. Come on, that's right. When our backs were against the wall, and it looked as if it was over, you made a way. And we're standing, and we're standing here, only because you